division champions for the first time in 21 years. It's the Buds. We're here with episode 24 to talk to you about the Buds, the boys, the beauties, the Toronto Maple Leafs, the your North Division champions. Holy shit, does it feel good to say that, eh, kid? Oh, man, it's it's great to be able to say that in a season where I remember every game <laughs> versus, you know, the last time the Leafs were division champions was that when I was nine years old. We were, we were children. In fact, in fact, I wasn't even nine years old when it actually happened because the season would have ended in, in April and I would not have been turning nine until so June. Would have been eight. I would have been eight years old when the Leafs last won a fucking uh, division. That's wild. But, 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 the Leafs have now done what we expected them to do at the beginning of this season. We predicted it. We both predicted it. We did. We did. But I mean, that's, that's pretty. We made, we, it, we, it wasn't even necessarily a prediction. I wouldn't say it was an expectation. It was. An we, we literally were like, the Leafs should win this division. They are by far the most talented, most deep team in this entire division. And so many of the experts picked Montreal, and it's like, you guys are a bunch of fucking morons. The Leafs are clearly the best team in the division, and it's not fucking close. So I'm glad that the Leafs fulfilled the prophecy. They lived up to expectations they, yeah. for once. <laughs> Other than their power play, which has just... Yeah, that's been abismal. But we won't... We, we'll no, get into we're that on positives today. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, positive. division champs. It's great to see. It's great to see us winning the division championship and Matt Sundin not having to carry us there. Nope, oh, just uh, some guy named Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner. And, you know, John Tavares has 19 goals and Millie has 17 goals. Like... The boys have been buzzing all year long, and we're getting rewarded for it, and it's fantastic. <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it, but let's jump into our agenda for the day, because we got three games on the docket all against the same team, and it's those toilet seat motherfuckers. <laughs> well, we did take a shit in them twice this week. Did we ever? It was great. Yeah, not, not felt, felt, it felt really nice, really relieving. Yeah. In fact, they, they probably hated us a little bit because, let's be real, it was a bit of the beer shits this week. <laughs> yeah, and I, I know we got a couple listeners who are Habs fans, but you know what? We're getting into playoff time, so we're not friends anymore, motherfuckers. You have been and are now <laughs> even more so the enemy. We we have now basically locked you into that fourth place spot. Yeah, we we were coming s- for you now. We were civil before, but now we're going full savage. Oh yeah, because now we clinched the division. The rest of the season literally does not matter to us. Yeah, <laughs> consider we like we play the Ottawa Senators, who were like a, literally a nothing team, and we could give a fuck. Like I honestly want us to sit players for that game because I just don't want to have fucking Brady to chuck running around like a crazy madman and try to take someone's knee out because the dirty fuck that he is. We'd more so do an elbow to the face like Blake Wheeler. Yeah, so uh, I'm I'm like I'm at a point where like if we're going to rest people at all for these last couple of games, do it against the Sens. Let people actually play against the Jets cuz they are a potential second round matchup. Rest against the Sens where you might get injured against fucking bunch of rats. All right, well Let's jump into the games on the docket here. So, first game against the Habs. 
And, you know, this one unfortunately ended in OT loss, but, um, yeah, but like it ended in OT loss, but that was a game where the Leafs probably should have won. They definitely should have and won. And it all, you could also tell that it was a team that had been, had clinched and was very nonchalant about the game versus a team that was fighting for their playoff lives and needed to win. Like the Habs were playing very desperate and the Leafs were like, we've clinched. We're just playing for fun here. And there was very little determination in their game. And you could tell that when they had their chances. Like they had like three breakaways and a 2 1 0 in overtime and didn't win the game. That's yeah. not going to happen every time. <laughs> so no. count your fucking self lucky that you won that game. Seriously, the fact that Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner had a 2 0 and, and didn't, didn't even get score. a shot. <laughs> like that's not going to happen again. <laughs> yeah. Like. <laughs> That, that'll make you nervous for sure. But how about Morgan Riley with an absolute beauty point? He's starting to shoot the puck more, and we need a lot more of it. Yeah. And, but the other thing is Chucky with an absolutely excellent screen in front of the net. And that's no doubt the thing. about it. He used to play with these motherfuckers. He's no problem getting up close and personal. He's like, <laughs> hey, motherfucker, you want to smell my fart again? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I swear, like... There's there's very few things that would make me happier than seeing Alex Galchenyuk score an OT winner against the Habs in the playoffs. Like, do you know how satisfying that would be? Of taking their prized third overall pick that they traded for Max Domi, who they then turned into Josh Anderson, who's been hot garbage for the last two months, and then have him score the OT winner against you in the playoffs? And if it was in an elimination game, that's even better. Like, let's say it was it was like game five or up 3-1, and he then scores the OT winner. Like, tell me that wouldn't just be the most beautiful fucking cherry on top of a season just to beat the Habs for our first playoff win in 17 years. And it's the, the former Habs to score the OT winner. It, it, would, it would just be, be magical. It'd be so great. I want to see it you happen. Know, I'm pulling for it, that's for <laughs> sure. Let's go. Like, let's see Chucky <laughs> light up the Habs. That would be the best ever. Like, people are like, "Oh, I don't know whether they're whether Chucky will be actually, you know, making making their making making the team in the playoffs here." And honestly, I don't know how you could not play him against this former team in this play. Like, if if anyone's gonna be as emotionally charged as you want someone to be in a playoff series, it's gonna be him. Yeah, absolutely. It's got to be. Like, if he, if he doesn't... If there's somebody more emotionally fired up than him, then he should be embarrassed. I mean, unless it's like Wayne Simmons. Clearly showed He's just a machine. He, yeah, but, I mean, he, he's just a, way more passionate than it. But let's talk about Matthews. <laughs> Please. <laughs> What's there to say? What's there to say that it hasn't already been said? The guy is just a goal-scoring machine. A machine. Like yeah. He just scores ridiculous goals over and over, and it doesn't make any sense. I mean, this was a great shot from Jake Muzzin. Finally, I, you know, that's one thing we haven't seen enough out of Jake Muzzin is his shot, because we all know he can do it, but it's like once in a blue moon that we actually see it, and we he actually lets one go, and of course, Matthews is deflecting in front, and guess what? It's in the back of the net. I think that's a that's a common trend across all of our defense, though. Our defense generally don't shoot the puck much. Yeah, they and, all can shoot. And I think part of that is that they're like they're just 
in such a comfortable setting of like just give the puck to the really talented forwards. Just give the puck to the really talented forwards. But like sometimes just shoot the puck at the really talented forwards and they're and gonna tip it. They'll make something happen. <laughs> <Yeah>. like, <laughs> like we have the likes of JT and Austin Matthews on our team who are both phenomenal deflection players. Like just shoot the puck. And I want I want to see more of it. And that's part of why I love seeing Sandine in the lineup. Because, like, the guy shoots the puck at every chance he gets, and I love it. He gets involved. He's not afraid to do anything on the offensive side of the game. And even Riley, like, you can see sometimes he's very tentative about doing the thing that he wants to do. Right? Like, when I look at Riley, sometimes I can see he's like, oh, I want to make this play, but I know I might. it's going to be a risk. It's like a 60-40 risk, and if I fuck up, then I'm letting my defense in out of the drive. But it's like, sometimes... As an offensive player, you're the defensive leader on this team. Take the risk and be confident in your own ability. And I feel like there's a little bit of that lacking on the defensive side, defense side of things this year. Yeah, I feel like there's a hesitancy when it comes to shooting the puck from the point. And this comes with every defenseman. Is there's always going to be in the back of your mind that fear of hitting a shin pad and it coming the other way. Because that that's just a natural part of playing defense because it's happened to the best of the best and once it happens once you never want it to happen again so you you tend to be a little tentative when it comes to letting your shot go on when you're on the point but it it doesn't mean you shouldn't do it right like you got to find that balance between is this a smart time to let it go versus like maybe this is a better time to pass yeah and like and that's the thing is like I, I expect better of Riley. And like I love that he scored a goal in that game, but like I want to see more of that. It's only his fifth goal. Well, the guy scored like twenty almost twenty goals in a season a couple of years ago. And like I miss I want that Morgan Riley back. The one that's not afraid to take chances, the one that's going to take really good shots and and make offensive rushes, but has the speed to get back and be defensive. Like you can be defensively responsible. If you have the speed to make up for it. Exactly. And which Riley does, absolutely. Which but, is, and here's the but here's the thing, it's like it goes beyond Riley. It's like J uh, like uh TJ Brody has an absolute bomb of a slap shot. I think I've seen it once this whole season. Yeah, that's true. So it's like but Jake Muzzin as well. As has an absolute bomb. I think I've seen it maybe once this season. It's like I get the the opportunities are not as readily available for a defenseman, but at the same time, there have been plenty of opportunities where they could have at least you know let one go and see what happened. But I think they're leaning more towards making the safer play, which yeah, it's hard to argue against. Yeah, the it's, safe hard, play. it's hard to get mad at someone for doing the safe thing, but like. We're an offensive juggernaut, and our defense are part of that. And I think I, it's worth the gamble to let it go. And yeah, see like especially with like the guys we know we have are not like like they're yeah. all fleet of foot. It's especially not, those guys because you're not going to let a muffin go from the point. You're going to let a bomb go from. But the like point. the like the thing is like the what I'm looking for from Riley is not the same as what I'm looking for from a muzzin. What I'm looking for from a Dermot is not the same as I'm looking for from a Bergosian. Right, it's very different because they obviously have different skill sets. The likes of a Riley or a Dermot or a Sandine can make up for a mistake they might make in the offensive of the zone and get back in time. 
where a Muzzin or a, or a Bogosian doesn't doesn't really have the foot speed to make up for that. So I, I I just want our guys that have the ability to do it to do it more often, and I feel like it's just gonna open up so many more opportunities for our forwards because right as it stands right now is our defense has so much time because people know that they're not going to shoot. They just go and cover off the 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 assist the the uh, passing points and well then then they have no options. Yeah. Well, let's focus a little more on the game here. You know, I thought Jack Campbell had a really good game. I think he made some really big saves that absolutely. at least kept us in it because the Leafs were not in it. No, absolutely. 100%. And also I thought Timothy Lilligren had a really good game, a really good bounce back from his first game. He was mm. he, he corrected a lot of the mistakes he was His making. first game you could tell he was pretty nervous he, he, yeah he had first game jitters for sure yeah he definitely settled into his role in the second game i think he actually played a lot better with jake muzzin than he did with dermot yeah it's nice to have that veteran presence next to you yeah and whereas the, dermot's still fighting for a spot himself right like yeah exactly yeah, where muzzin's not going anywhere <laughs> so it's nice to have that steadiness beside you because muzzin has been in the league for so long he knows his job very well and he's like, this is what you got to do. This is where you got to be. And the effort you got to put in to get it done. And, and it's as simple as that. On a side note, how about Jumbo Joe? And another apple on Matthew's goal there. Guy is going on a, a seven-game moisture going in tonight. This was the fifth game. Man, this is a new Jumbo Joe. Sorry, sixth game. Compared to the one that we've been talking about all season, this is a brand new Joe. This is playoff Joe. This is playoff Joe. Oh, <laughs> he man. shed his skin. Now he's like, he's ready to ready to go. Like he, he flipped the playoff switch, and I love it. Love it. Keep good, it going because buddy. we we need players. For I was sad. I, I was sad that they called that icing today so that he couldn't score that empty netter to get the eighth in a row. Because it was just kind of hilarious that a forty-one-year-old Joe Thornton would have the longest active point streak in the league right now. <laughs> Well, until tonight, but hilarious. <laughs> it's just really funny that everyone was like, "Well, he might not even make the Leafs playoff roster," well, and then he goes and does that. Yeah, just to circle back to Lilligren, you know, I think he. One thing I, I noticed a lot in this game was he was showing a lot more patience and a lot more poise with the puck, where he was taking that extra second to make that breakout pass and to make that play in the zone. Whereas in the first game, he was absolutely rushing it. And wrong thing he was taking notes from sandine yeah well you got it like there's a reason Sandine's so much further ahead of him in his development and it's the poise aspect patience yeah you gotta know be confident in yourself with the puck and once you have that confidence with the puck then the world is your oyster because all of a sudden you realize you have way more time than you thought you did mm-hmm if you take that extra second and realize that guy isn't actually going to come pressure you, who's actually going to do a flyby. And then all of a sudden you have like four or five options to move the puck up the ice and, and the game becomes a lot easier. So that's what you need out of defensemen. So that's a really, really big step in the rec- right direction for Timothy Lilligren. And I'm very happy to see. Now, as much as Jack played fantastic for most of this week, he let in some softies. And, like, that is something that I want him to try and clean up. Like, that tying goal in the, this game from Deneau in the last minute, like, there's no way that should get in. There's no way he should be able to sneak that in short side like that. That shouldn't happen. 
Well, I mean, on the flip side, you know, we had two missed breakaways, right? That's- I know, but like, that's besides the point. Even if we were up by two goals, that can't go in. It can't. The guy literally just like shoved it through your body at the side of the net. Like you need to make that safe. Yeah. And you could have said the same thing about the the, the second goal tonight. Could have said the same thing about one of the other goals the other night. Like. I've really liked Jack, and this is not me trying to, you know, take shots at him. But in a playoff series, a really bad goal, as we've seen from Friday over the last few years, can be the difference in a game. And we really need him to clean that shit up. Absolutely. And you know what? I'm I'm confident he will. And if not, then Freddie is, you know, he's ramping up. He's almost there. Almost. But you know, we'll see. I think it'll take... Although he's had some rough games in the NHL. Well, I'll I'll take Campbell. You know, he's going to probably start the playoffs. No, he's going to start the playoffs. And if There's a 0% chance that Freddie's starting the playoffs. It would be really dumb to give Freddie a start in the playoffs for his first game in the NHL in two months. So Freddie will come in if he has to. Yeah. Straight up, at this point, it's like... It's this is the Washington Capitals in 2018 where Grubauer has the net. Jack Campbell is Grubauer. It's a good comparison, man. It's kind of like they became now, they, champions or something. Well, yeah. The sad thing is Grubauer got lit up those first two games against Columbus and got pulled to put Holtby in to carry them the rest of the way. Now I would rather that not happen. I'd rather not go through the stress of being down two nothing in a series against the team you should be beating. Yeah, <laughs> we're going into the playoffs. Stress is going to be there whether you like know, it or not. I know, I know, but there's very few things more stressful than being down two nothing in a series. <laughs> yeah, are you kidding me? Three nothing in a series. <laughs> <laughs> That's not really stressful. I'm just kind of accepting you've lost. No, no, not in the NHL, man. This isn't the NBA. <laughs> you mean there's only it's only happened like three times in history? But it's happened three times in history. Okay, there, buddy. <laughs> like one of those times, the so Leafs. You're in the saying Stanley- there's a chance. One of those times, the Leafs in the Stanley Cup Finals. When's the last time that happened? <laughs> anyway, let's move on to this. This Mitch and Austin two on zero in overtime. Oh, jeez. I mean, I thought I, we were going to avoid that. I got. I got to blame this one on Mitch. Yeah, I'd agree because you had the back and forth, and then Mitch overpassed. He he passed it to. He was, try, he was trying too hard to get Maddie the forty yeah. versus trying to win the game. And, and I, yeah, I, and I think that had a lot to do with it, where because Matthews was sitting on thirty nine, and and I think Mitch really wanted him to get there, so he obviously passed it back. But at that point, like Matthews was already gone past the net, like yeah, like it was. He's no longer a scoring option at that point. You got to shoot. You're too far. You're too far deep. You got to shoot at that point. Hmm. So. You know, I hope that that was the only reason where where he passed it to Matthews, where he's like, yeah, I want you to get to 40. And it's like, okay, I get that. That kind of shit wouldn't happen in the playoffs, but I think his focus really needs to be more so on getting the win. Especially in overtime. Yeah, come on. Like, you have a 2-0 and win overtime. Like, if there are two best players, that's got to be over. Game over. Right there. Because we know that if you give Connor McDavid a breakaway in overtime, that's game over. If you give Nathan McKinnon a breakaway in overtime, that's well, game over. I think it's hilariously ironic that last episode we said Matthews and Marner on a two on one or or, or a two on zero oh, on one. Yeah, it was a two on one, and you know what happens. You know what happens. Now. 
Which is weird because I feel like a two on. But the thing is, like, that's like they, they got an easier opportunity. But you know from experience that sometimes a two on one is actually easier because the defensive defenseman in that situation tells you what to do, basically. Yeah, it tells you what to do, but also offers a bit of a distraction for the for the goalie. Whereas on a two on zero, you're just going back and forth, back and forth, and it's like you take the shot, no, you take the shot, no, you take the shot. And it's like sometimes, especially Mitch, like be fucking selfish, dude. Shoot the fucking puck. You got a good, accurate shot. It may not be super hard, but, like, dude, shoot the fucking and puck. And when you have that much time and that much back and forth, like, it doesn't matter how hard your shot is. If it's accurate, it's going. Exactly. So, we know that the Leafs should have won that game, but they missed, like, I mean, Nylander missed the breakaway. I think Tavares missed the breakaway as well. Tavares on a breakaway? That just... I know, I know we had two breakaways we in regulation. We had two breakers of regulation, and then a two on two on zero, and yeah. we didn't score on any of them. Like yeah. that, and that alone is like we should have won that game just based off of that. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on to our second game here, where it was way better. <laughs> My and God, it started off so fantastic. <laughs> well, yeah. Here's the thing: like, there's nothing to hate on in this game. We had a four goal first period for fuck's sake, and it all started with Chucky. Chucky with his the- first against the Habs, his first ever against the Habs. <laughs> Fuck six, yeah! Sixteen seconds in, and this guy does a backhand slap shot, like literally a backhand slap shot. Who the fuck scores a backhand slap shot goal? Oh, that's, that's pretty unheard of. <laughs> I thought it was kind of hilarious because, like, what is what is Primo supposed to do there? Like, how do you know where a fuck where the fuck a backhand slap shot is going? That's in the middle of the the slot. With like ten, seven guys around you, like that's a ridiculous shot for him to go almost top cheese with that as well. Like that was, it was just kind of funny. And <laughs> sixteen seconds in for Chucky to do that, it's great. I love it, love it. That's just sitting the seed for the playoffs. <laughs> for Chucky but then, to score you more. know, after right after Chucky scores, JT follows it up with another beauty. He's been buzzing. He's been buzzing. I called it weeks ago. Where people were all talking about Toffoli. And he's like, Toffoli's, yeah, he talked about Toffoli's like almost at 30, which is great. He's had a career year. John Tavares is on the brink of hitting his 13th consecutive 20 goal season. He's one goal away from it now, or after, like, not this game, but the weight game after. Like, he's literally two goals away from 20, his 13th consecutive 20 goal season. I hope he gets it. He will get it. Because he's determined to get it. That is pride that that comes down to that. And the guy knew he had a tough start offensively and everyone was talking shit. And now he's in the top 15 goals in the league. Well, that's everybody's calling for a JT trade. And it's like, shut your mouth. you, you, you You guys quit on your captain that easily. It's like, shut your mouth. First of all, although like, oh, he's not worth 11 million. It's like, first of all, he has been tasked and quoted, and this has been quoted by Sheldon Keefe. He's been tasked this year to make a more concerted effort on defense. And those of you who are familiar with hockey history, if you look back to the early 90s, Steve Eiserman was a top tier offensive player, scoring 97, almost 100 points a year, and the Red Wings still sucked ass. Then their coach went to, went to CV and was like, look, if you want to win a championship, we're going to have to get better at defense. And I need you to be the leader of that. 
And you're going to lose points from doing so because you're going to have to play against the other team's top players and be defensively responsible in all situations. And that has been what's been asked of John Tavares this year, is be the leader on the defensive side of the puck. And you cannot tell me that the Leafs have not been a supremely better defensive team this year, and it has been at the head of John Tavares. So tell me he's not worth $11 million. Go look at the way he, that man plays defensive his defensive game. He's not on the ice very much for goals against. Period. And now he's also put up 18 goals in that, that after this game. The man is worth every fucking penny he got. Not even including the 47 goals he scored his first goal his first season here. So shut your fucking mouth. Our captain is our captain and he is leading us at the time where we need him to. He may be a quiet captain he may be the silent type but he leads by example and here's the thing we got enough loudmouths in our fucking room that's for sure i mean jumbo and simmons are enough for a whole lot and muzz Muzz isn't quiet either (laughs) well that's the thing you got plenty of really vocal leaders in there isn't it just so fitting that the one who wears a c is the one who's the most quiet and just leads by absolutely it, it, that that's why i was very comfortable with the john tavares captain naming like personally i wanted it to be riley so that the 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 pressure of being the captain wouldn't have been on any of the forwards and let just let them go score goals but tavares would, probably would have been my second option because i wouldn't have wanted to put the pressure of being the captain of the Maple Leafs on the younger on matthews or, or marner well, that's just it because we we've seen what it does to people in the in the FNAF era. It's oh. when you give the captaincy to somebody who's not ready, it's not well received. Not in Toronto, maybe as in other markets in the NHL, I'm sure that works fine. But in Toronto, it's a different. Like you, you have an un, uh, unbelievable amount of pressure on you, and if you don't an succeed, they will tear you apart. Mm. I mean, I mean, everyone who listens to this, like you're for the most part Lee fans, you know how much pressure we put on put on our team. Can you imagine being the leader of that team? The guy has done a fantastic job since he's been given that responsibility over the last couple of years, and he's still putting up points. It's not like he's some bum who's doing nothing. He may have started slow, which was you know very factual, but him and Nylander have been on a fucking tear over these last couple months. On a tear, and I love it. They're, they're, they're striking fire at the best time of the year because you know they're going to carry that shit right into this first round. We're going to fucking dummy whoever we play. So let's talk about pure Engvall, though. What an absolute beauty of a goal. Just a straight hard work goal. Yeah, like getting his own rebound. Yeah. Like you, you made that happen, man. I mean, that's a goal that like their goalie does not ever want to let in. Like that's wait of of the three goal of the four goals that of that Primo let in the first period. That's the one that like that shouldn't have gone in. But that that's not taking anything away from Engvall. Like that's just straight hard work and, and determination of getting your own rebound and throwing well, it on that well, again. Well, that's just it. It's also just tough when that Habs goalie, you know. We hate the Habs, but you know so you, you got to feel for this guy. He's like twenty; he's twenty-one years old, and he's in his fourth NHL game, and he gets fucking lit up. 
and doesn't even no 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 words he pulled no. until until the second period, which I thought it was interesting. I saw a tweet from Mike Johnson, and he's like, "What's the point of pulling someone at four one, four nothing? Like now you're just you're just breaking his confidence. If you're gonna try and win the game." You're going to actually put in that other goalie who you're trying to give concerted rest to because they literally played the night before. You pull him at 2 nothing. Like he let in two goals on three shots. Like Pull him there. Then the fact that you just let him out to dry for another two goals and then just decided to pull him after this first period. That's Dominic Ducharme for you, bud. Like you're, just, you're just screwing with, your, with Jake Allen. Like Jake Allen is your life right now with, without Carey Price. You are you really trying to overwork your only fucking competent goaltender? Yeah, that's that's tough. Yeah, that's tough for him, especially with that Mitch Marner goal that they thought they saved, but no, no, no. Oh, man. Also, hold on. Big shouts to Justin Hall for fucking holding a puck off the fucking goal line when it was 1-1. He did what that Habs defenseman failed to do in the Marner goal. Yeah. <laughs> like, holy shit. Like, within a fucking... It was, like, within an inch of being across the goal line, and this man just pulls it right off. And I... It was... Oh, man. I, I wanted to give the guy a hug. I'm just like, dude, you just literally saved a fucking goal. Like, it was... Ugh. It was so great. And then to see Mitchie go down and do what he did and have the opposite ending happen. It was, it was just so great. Well, the Mitchie goal happened first. Did it? I thought that, 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 that thing happened earlier in this game. Justin Hall made that crazy save after the Mitch. Oh, fuck. What do I know? But then, you know, what stole everybody's attention was number 40. For Austin Matthews, his 40th goal in 49 games. Holy shit, Austin Matthews is disgusting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that shot is just absurd. I mean, I, 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 I've run out of adjectives to describe Austin Matthews as a hockey player. And, like, we can't even make him a bod this week because, like, he's been a bod, like, every week. We could have made him a bod. He like arguably could have been a bod every single fucking week <laughs> like, for the whole season. Yeah, the guy's just an absolute machine. Like, the only time he sees not a bod is when he's not playing. Like, he's just a beast. And, like, his shot is terrifying. Like, I can't imagine being a goaltender and having and watching Austin Matthews come down on you and knowing that no matter what you do, he probably can still beat you. It's crazy. Crazy, and I can't believe he's Maple Leaf. In fact, he scored forty goals in forty-nine games. Wild! It's so wild. He's on a sixty-seven goal pace. That's insane, man. If we were in a full season, he's on a sixty-seven goal pace, which would put him at a higher total than both Ovechkin and Stamkos for their highest seasons ever, and it's putting him in the echelon with the fucking. You know, Solani's, the McGillney's, the Brett Hall's, and the Gretzky's, and Lemieux's Let's of the world. Let's just hope he stays past five years. Don't you fucking say that. Don't you shut your mouth. Shut your mouth. He, don't, he, don't bring that shit up. No, no, no. Focus on the now. Let's just enjoy the now. Don't talk about the awfulness of what the future could hold. Just be happy with what we got now. <laughs> it's okay. We're, we're Leaf fans. We're prepared for anything that comes We're hoping way. for the best. We're prepared for the worst. Exactly. <laughs> like we're two sides of the same coin here. It's one's preparing for the 
well, hoping for the best and one's preparing for the worst. But I also got to say that, uh, just to kind of roll back a little bit, the move Mitch Marner made to score his goal was so disgusting. Well, yeah, that that one you can't blame on the goal. <laughs> like, that was so gross. They gave him so much time and space. Like, how can you give Mitch Marner that much time He's and space? He's got gross hands. Like, and he just made everyone look so stupid. It was oh, so wonderful. Thank you, Mitch, for, for showing me that. So let's move on to tonight's game. What a, man, the Leafs didn't... I just want to say the Leafs did not deserve to win this game. I mean, their first period was abysmal. Atrocious. Atrocious. Like, that might have been one of the... Not the worst, but, like, bottom five worst periods they've... Or I guess I should say top five worst periods. Top five worst periods they've played all season. Like, that was hor- Horrible. Horrible. Like they looked just like discombobulated. They looked, their passes were all over the place. They couldn't generate anything on the offensive side. They, I think they only had three shots in the first period. Like well, I think we were we were just lucky to get out of the first period just down one. And big ups to fucking Jack. Jack, like sure he let in two goals, but man, that made, guy made some big saves to keep us at one nothing going into that second period. I mean, that second goal was entirely him. True, true, but. Look at that first period. That's a one nothing period. If he did not make some of those big saves, that's a that could be a lot worse. Okay. Yes, that second goal absolutely should not have gone in. That was horrible, and that was what I said earlier. It was a pretty big muffin. That's what I was said earlier. Is like he's got to work on not letting in those shitty ass goals because especially in in shitty ass situations. But be beyond that goal, he played a fantastic game. Okay, well let's talk about Wayne Simmons. Oh, the wing Please, train. let's talk Choo-choo! about Simmons. It's so I love it. I love it Man. because yeah. when they piss him off, you can just see. Well, he's like a he's like a steam engine. You can see the steam coming out of his ears. Well, that's why he's called the Wayne train. <laughs> exactly because well, we could tell like right away when they started hitting him after the whistle. Like after the whistle, he's not even near the net, and yet they're they're pushing him around. And he, he, he looked the look and he, he tried to go back at the guy. He tried, but the ref stopped him. And he's like, he's like, oh, you just fucking wait, bud. You just <laughs> fucking wait. And he just poked the bear. <laughs> yeah. Like pissed off Wayne Simmons is what I want to see more of. Because from that point on, Wayne was an absolute machine out there. <laughs> just hitting everyone. Like he was an absolute wild man. He was you could see it in his eyes that he was going to crush anything he sees. And that's like, fuck, man. I can't wait to see that in the playoffs. Yeah, it's going to be great. Like, anyone who thinks that Wayne Simmons is not going to play us, not in the in the lineup for the playoffs, like, oh, come on. He's a guarantee. <laughs> get your head out of your butt. That guy Wayne is exact- Simmons is, is a lock. <laughs> that is the- exactly the type of person Th- you that's want. That's a playoff performance. Especially in a series against the Habs, which is going to get real gritty. Real fast, especially in, you know by the end of it, it's gonna yeah. be fucking a, a bloodbath. I also gotta give big ups to to Pierre Engvall. Absolutely, you know he this, this guy has been literally scratched for the last six games, and all he does is come in and score goals. And tonight, that was our best line: Engvall, Mikheyev, and Kerfoot. They were buzzing. That was man. They our were best really line. good. Really Easily. good. Consistent offensive pressure, really smart defensive plays, and they were just great all over the ice. 
and Engvall was a huge catalyst for that line. Yeah, like Kerfoot had some. Great, Kerfoot had a great. Kerfoot game. had a great game. So he McCabe, was but I feel like buzzing. Engvall was like what the driving force of that line. He really brought them to attention, and I I got to give a lot of props to the guy we called a back to back dud earlier this year. I got to give a lot of props to Pierre Engvall for he stepped up for stepping up. He even threw some hits tonight, which I called him out for a couple of weeks ago. I was like, dude, you're six foot five, throw some hits. He did so. He's it, it seems like he's starting to get it. It's just like, I can't just rely on my skill. I need to be bigger and better than that because you're in the NHL and you need to show up more than just your skill because there's a lot of people better than you. Exactly, and that's, that's the beauty of it. It's internal competition. And Engvall wants that spot, and he's fighting for it. He's hungry for it. I love to see it. I, I love to <laughs> he's see he's it. Got, he's got two goals and two games. <laughs> so, like, he's doing everything he can to, to make the he's decision doing, on Keith really difficult. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. That's what you want to do. You want to make that decision on the coach so difficult. Speaking because- of people fighting for positions, I got to give big old props to Ben Hutton. For fucking crushing Jail Sanderson in the corner. <laughs> oh my god. Man, what a that hit. might have been the best hit of the leave season. Like, um, holy that shit. Instantly made me a Ben Hutton fan. Yeah, like, like let's a, go. Just a clean, perfect hit and just took him right off his feet. And you could tell Josh Anderson was fuming after. Oh, yeah, because he got fuming. fucking wrecked. But it was just like a perfect, clean hit, shoulder on shoulder, took him right off of his feet. It was, ugh. Man, so much respect for John yeah, Button yeah, Hutton after that. And overall, respect. just the game. He had a good game. Good game overall. I've, I've like, liked what I've seen out of Ben Hutton. He, it's I, nice I, to have him in our depth charts. He remind like I was saying this earlier, he reminds me of reminds me of Zach Hyman as a defenseman. Someone who really like maybe like Zach Hyman even like more like a couple years ago, who has like pretty much no offensive kind of thought process, but as if always in the right position. And you trust him to do things in the defensive zone. <laughs> and he, that's exactly what he did. Like He's just quiet, goes about his business, and just makes the smart plays. And I I, I really enjoyed Ben Hunt's game tonight. Yeah. So good on him for, I mean, he's he's fighting for that spot too, although I don't think he's got a chance of getting it. Well, you know, focusing on uh, the goal scorers, we had Nylander with an absolute beauty. Oh, man, tic-tac-toe, let's go. And an absolute tearjerker free game. Oh yeah! Oh man! So you know, kudos to good guy Bill Nye. Because you got, I guess, like players got to know when shit like that is airing, and you know that that person that he's, you know, playing for is probably paying extra attention because I, it's airing. I and, wouldn't be surprised if he promised that kid a couple or a goal. Yeah, like, you know, I'm like, yeah, hundred percent. So yeah, good on good on Bill for following through on that and and just continuing on his strong season. I mean, the guy's got seven. He's got he's got seventeen goals. And people often forget that he also missed a big chunk of this season. So he's well over a 30-goal pace this year. So how about Mitchie with that very Matthews-like goal? Assisted by Matthews, which is just kind of funny. I know, right? But he, he's the one who all, all of a sudden has that crazy that was a, that shot. Was a, that was a hell of a shot. Yeah. Hell of a shot. Let's say we always knew Mitchie had an accurate shot, but... That it, it it felt like he was taking lessons from Matthew. I mean, you hope so, right? I mean, fuck, you guys spend like basically every day of your lives together. Fucking take notes. <laughs> but how, you know, you mentioned it earlier. But 
what I loved as well was Jumbo with that huge effort on the the icing, which should not have been icing. No, it shouldn't have been icing. I thought he beat Jumbo it. Jumbo clearly won that. But he's so he was so determined to keep that point streak going, but it just it couldn't be. You got the dub. That's all that yeah, matters. Yeah, I and I, I don't think he's that bummed about it, but I love the effort mm-hmm. to get there with you there. I mean, like let's be real. Like the Leafs had one of their worst periods ever in the first. But they locked it down after that. They had some great penalty kills. Scored some timely goals from our big boys showing up. And that's the type of game where I was saying this to, to our dad earlier. It was just like, sometimes you need to win a game when, you're not, when you don't have it. You need to be able to, a good teams, find a way to win games that you don't deserve to win. And that's what tonight felt like. It was a game where at least we're not in it from the start. But they found a way to win. And that's the type of mindset and shit that comes through in the playoffs when you need to win. You find a way to win the games that you need to win. And ultimately, you become division champions for the first time in 21 years. Let's fucking go, (laughs) boys. Oh, my God. Let's bring on the playoffs. Let's fucking get her going. And just so all of you listeners know what's going to happen we are going to be covering every single game of the playoffs so we'll have a post game episode for every single game in the playoffs it's going to be fiery it's going to be emotional especially if it's a loss holy shit brace yourselves (laughs) because it's going to be fire let's go and to provide some context before we get into the playoffs is that we're going to cover the last two games and we're going to do a season recap episode to go over a season, give our buds and duds for the entire season. And then, as Dara said, we're going to be going after every single playoff game, doing an episode and giving our live reactions. And it's going to be fiery. Well, and, and the other thing, we don't officially know a playoff start date yet. Nope. So if it drags on a little, we'll do a playoff preview episode. If there's enough time. If there's time. We'll see. We could always just blend them all into the same. Yeah, it really depends on what the NHL decides to do, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. But that means you all know we got to get to our bads or dads. (laughs) And I think you should start it off this week. I started it off last week. I did. I thought I started off last week. No, sir. All right. Well, then you're going to choose bad or dad first. Start with the negative. Start with the negative. Okay, the dud for this week is going to be, oof, it's going to be Mitch Marner. What? For not shooting on that 2-0. <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a week where we went 2-1, like, well, 2-0-1, I should say. Like, it's not easy to pick a dud, but, like, you got to shoot that fucking buck. And it's still sitting in my head, so I'm going to say Mitch Marner is my dud for not shooting on a 2-0. Fair enough. <laughs> I mean, it's not an easy decision. We got to pick a dud. That, I'm calling out that play. You're a dud for that play. How about you? I'm going to have to go with Jack Campbell. Whoa. Whoa. And you're calling me out for Vicky Mitch? Like you said, it's not. 
Oh, whoa. I'm not saying he had a bad week. I did not see that coming. Holy. Well, who the fuck else is there to pick? <laughs> Everybody else has been playing amazing. He, like, it's it's <laughs> fucking hard. <laughs> I know. it's It definitely is hard. But... I'm sorry, but that... A couple of softies this week. Yeah, just a couple of softies. That, that's what it comes down to for me. And if we're gearing up for playoffs, these games really don't mean very much. These softies will mean a lot in the playoffs. And if he's going to be our guy come playoffs, he's got to be better than that. They clean it up. For sure. So that, that that's the reasoning behind it. Obviously, I'm nitpicking. So for all of you guys thinking I'm just a Jack Campbell hater, I'm not. I, mean, I love the real. guy. We're both nitpicking on these. Yeah, well, these that's duds. all you can do for the duds <laughs> for, for a week where you're just vision champions. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we're going to go to the bods. To the bods! The bods! And my bod... And I think this is really, really great because this is a guy who is a back-to-back dud this this year. Pierre fucking Engvall. Pierre. Pierre deserves the bud call this week. The man scored two goals in two games that he played, and he's just fighting for his life for that spot and trying to make that decision that Keith has got to make as difficult as possible, and I respect that to no end. And I also love that he finally took my advice and started throwing the fucking big-ass frame that he's got and using it to his advantage. And that was really evident tonight in the last couple of games. So I got to give big props to Mr. Pierre Engvall for really coming to play and fighting for his life for that final spot. From dead to bad. And you'd love to see it because, you know, it's a tough spot to be a dud. And uh, to be, and a, then even tougher spot to be a dud back to back. Yeah, he, you know he, he's had a rough go, but he's starting to turn around at the right time, and you know, good for him. I love to see it. But moving on to my bod, you know what? It's got to be Chucky. Chucky, I thought you were gonna pick pick Maddie again because you know forty. No, goals I picked and... Maddie a lot. You said <laughs> you, you said yourself like like Maddie's too obvious. Like, <laughs> yeah, he could be the butt every week. <laughs> he literally could be the butt every week. Maddie's the butt every week. Like he's just the butt of the season. <laughs> yeah, he's the butt of the season. Like he he wins, but that wouldn't be a very yeah. interesting episode, would it? <laughs> no. <laughs> so Chucky, all right, why? Well, it's got to start with him scoring his first ever goal against the Habs. Facts. I mean, that's just huge, especially for a guy who's drafted third overall by the Habs. Score your first ever against the team that didn't believe in you. I know for him personally, that's a huge goal. Monumental. And and they they also traded you for fucking Matt Domi, Max Domi, who they then traded again. For Josh Anderson. So you were essentially traded for Josh Anderson. And guess what? You're better than him. I know you are. No more talent. Definitely more talent. And I think this whole season with the Leafs for Chucky has just been a matter of proving himself. And it's definitely been difficult for him. But I think the Leafs were patient with him and put him in the Marlies first. Intelligent people. And gave him the opportunity to show himself. And, you know, done so. And the fact that he finally gets a goal against the team that gave up on him, I think that's huge. So he's an absolute bud in my And I can't argue with that. I mean, 
I love I love seeing him score goals against the Habs. It's so beautiful. Well, dude, your fucking fantasy is him scoring an OT winner against the Habs. So tell me you wouldn't want to see that. Who wouldn't want to see that? <laughs> <laughs> it would be the fucking dream. It'd be the dream because well, every Habs fan would be ruthlessly angry Oof. because the guy that they picked and traded away then scored for their arch rival against them to win the series. That would just be like the saltiest. Oh, the saltiest. <laughs> it was like they it would like it would be like they cut their fucking leg open and then jumped in the ocean. But you, the you know saltiest be, of wombs. You know what would be even better than that, I I would say? What's that? Is if it was the Stanley Cup finals, it was Leafs versus Boston and Joe Thornton scored. Game, game, game winning goal. Imagine we got both. Oh, <laughs> see, there's a full a real potential for that. Oh my god, that'd be crazy! And at the same time, you're getting so much redemption for the Leafs. As Ima- a whole. Imagine we face Tampa in the conference finals, and Zach Bogosian scored the O2 winner. <laughs> That's the thing. I, I I don't think he holds any grudges against Tampa. I know it just it would be funny. <laughs> Tampa gave him a cup, like. Yeah, like we he, good. Yeah, so I, I think those would be the two beauty scenarios. Or, well, nearly impossible now. But I guess Jason's or Zach Hyman scoring against Florida. Ooh, Ooh. <laughs> I like it. I think that's an underrated <laughs> one, right? Like, got Zach Hyman got tra- got drafted by Florida. And then traded for Greg fucking McKaig. If Zach and then Zach Hyman plays against the Florida Panthers and we beat them in the playoffs, like that would be uh that'd be pretty great. That'd be pretty great. Anyway, it, you know, it's tough to be in any way upset about this week. We're division champions, motherfuckers! For the first time in twenty one years. Let's fucking go. The Leafs are the best team in Canada. Period. And now it's time for the playoffs where we can prove it all over again. And if we get to the conference finals, the Lord Stanley's right there. You, yeah, you're, it's up for grabs. They're literally four wins away from battling for the cup. So I'm so excited for the boys. Thank you for following through on what was expected of you in this se- this season. And we're excited to talk with this last week and dive into the playoffs with you. And for all of you who have made it through this wonderful journey with us throughout this season, the ups and downs and the crazy episodes and the, the softer episodes and the super Bruh, happy this ones. This isn't the last episode of the season here. I mean, I'm just, I am just wanted to be emotional a little bit. Okay. The first season. You do. <laughs> but I was thankful for people who have taken the time to listen to our episodes just- and join the bots yeah absolutely you know we hope we bring a little bit of insight into what it's like to be a diehard leaf fan and what it's like to have actually played the game and you know ultimately bring some entertainment into your life it realize help you realize that you're not the only one going through these crazy emotions put you through Everybody else in Leafs Nation is doing the same. <laughs> we literally so. said it earlier this week. It's like it's crazy how much a Leafs win or loss affects my mood the next day. Or even the next couple of days if you have to sit on it. Oh, it's wild. Like after the Leafs lost that overtime winner, like we were miserable for the next few days. Like until we had to wait till that Thursday game. Like mon- like 
fucking Tuesday to Thursday were not good days. And it was just mentally taxing. I, we get it. And I hope this we've provided some relatable content. And we hope to see you again. And I cannot wait to talk about next week's last couple of games and prepare for this playoff run that we hope. And I know we all hope is historic. So don't you ever, ever forget. Go Leafs. Go.